Hey everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the Irish Knicks Fan Podcast where we talk about beer, basketball and business and not necessarily in that order. I am your host, Brian Evers, so let's get right into it. On this episode, we're going to talk about the overtime rock fight that was the absolutely heartbreaking loss that we had to the Blazers the other night. Then I want to do a bit of a part two on personal inventory. And then we're going to finish off the episode with a big announcement. So buckle up and let's go. So we went into Friday night's game with a bit of momentum. Uh, We had won three out of the five games in that grueling five-game West Coast road trip. Uh, We had just come off of one of the single best team performances uh, that we've had so far this season. And we were going up against the Blazers, who were down their superstar point guard in Damian Lillard, uh, at home in the garden. So, you know, going in, I, I really did think that this game was here to be won. Um, <laughs> but it was very clear from the very beginning that uh, the refs were going to play a big part in the outcome of this game. I hate games like this, and the refs, it's one of the biggest problems that I think the NBA has. It They seem to, although there's a lot of complaining by the players, which I, I will admit can sometimes get really frustrating, like how are you going to shout in the face of a ref uh, when you know that you felled him, like we can see the replay, like we know that you felled the shit out of him, like, but you're gonna act at, like you know, proclaim your innocence and like shout in their face, like, come on, dude, we we saw we all saw it. But then there's games like this <laughs> where there are so many like you know fouls being called for every little thing that it kind of just removes the overall enjoyment that you would get out of watching a free-flowing basketball game. I mean, as an example, Jeremy Grant on the Blazers, who's having a great season, but he finished with his career high of 44 points, but 30-plus of those he got from the free-throw line in this game. So... I mean, 30 free throws are what an entire team might shoot in, a, in an average game. And sometimes they won't even get even close to that number. And this was just him. So that gives you an idea of how many stoppages there was and like how much time we just spent literally watching both teams shoot free throws. Now, the one thing I'll say is that our guys actually made their free throws in this game. Uh, I think we only missed a couple. Uh, and considering that spoiler alert it became a bit of a war in overtime uh it's just a good reflection on our mental fortitude and our focus and our ability to execute one of the single most important fundamental parts of the game hence the make your fucking free throws slogan that has been thrown around since the very (laughs) invention of this podcast so that's one positive I can take from it. And while we're looking for positives, um, I will take a look at the box door, the box scores. So RJ played 44 minutes, had 19 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Now, on face value, that that is fairly good. But, I mean, it is a double-double. But, I mean, still not as efficient as he could have been. 
And there was still definitely some rotation stuff with this as well, where I think there was large stretches of the game where, you know, he was sitting on the bench and maybe Tibbs is trying to ease him back into the rotation after, you know, that sickness that kind of definitely kept him below his usual level of performance for that road trip, or at least the majority of it. But there was, you know, this, this could have been a bigger game for him. And yes, he had his moments, but I mean, RJ is capable of so much more. We've seen it uh, in a number of games this season and he played hard. Uh, That's about the best I could say about it is that out of everybody on the team, he was one of the guys who really wanted to take on the challenge of the rock fight. And like, you know, this was more of a test of wills than actual basketball execution. And he was up for that challenge every step of the way, uh, even into overtime. So with Julius Randle, he finished with 23 points, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, Again, absolute force of nature. He has, you know, fast become one of my absolute favorite Knicks this season which is something that I did not think I would say 20 games well almost 20 games into this season um, as I've chronicled quite extensively on this podcast he had completely alienated himself from the Knicks fans and probably from his better self (laughs) entirely last season and to see him come back I will say it over and over again welcome back Julius Randle um, just so good to see you playing so hard and with so much joy and like to be the leader that this team needs you to be. And I mean, look, the, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. Again, I'll stand by it. I think that Tibbs is being a little bit too conservative at times with his rotations and like in a game where, you know, every basket was going to be hardly con- like ha- like hard fought and like, is going to mean so much in the overall momentum of this very discombobulated game uh, to take one of your most physically imposing players and sit him through a lot of key stretches of the game just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, but, you know, he, he was up for this fight. And, um, you know, again, just good to see your star player, you know, this guy who made the All-NBA Uh, third team two years ago playing you know with the intensity and the level of give a fuck that you would expect um you know so just you know randall you gave it your all and sometimes things just don't go our way um jalen brunson has to get another huge shout out on this podcast and it's fast just becoming a love bombing session every time we finish a next game this season uh but it just speaks to his level of commitment, his level of intensity, his level of just love for the game. Um, I love to watch this guy play basketball. He's so crafty. Uh, it was still hilarious that he got completely called out by the two NBA players, or at least ex-NBA players, on the commentary team the other night. Because he is listed at 6'2", but they both kind of laughed and said there's no way he's taller than 5'11". And to see somebody, you know, who has to model so much of their game about around like outthinking their opponent, being crafty, being shifty, finding his like picking his spots and like 
really just doing everything he can to provide value in so many different ways. And this game was no different. Finished with 32 points, four assists, five rebounds in 41 minutes. So played a lot of this game. Um, you know, we had obviously an, a one overtime period as well. Um, but, you know, he basically barely sat um, the entirety of this game. In fairness, neither did RJ. RJ played 44 out of, you know, uh, <laughs> out of, like, I think, give or take, they both only sat about five minutes of this entire game. So, um, you know, they gave it their all. But with Jalen, um, you know, his floater game, his attack mode mentality, his never-say-die attitude carried this team through the stretches that were kind of tough to watch if i'm honest uh, he would always find the right moment to like get a three-point play or make a shifty little move and and just like get some oohs and ahs from the crowd and like momentum changing plays i mean that's that's who he is that's what he does and even in the closing seconds uh he got the shot that he wanted. It would have been his patented floater in the paint to actually win the game. And it just did not go down and the game went to overtime. But Jalen, you've been an absolute revelation so far this season. You have been the floor general that we have needed for these last, Jesus, seven years. And I'm so happy that you're a Nick. And I just can't wait to kind of continue on this roller coaster with you i think that you know in a game like this it, it it kind of reflects you know like the the i have this whole theory around kind of wartime and peacetime generals and that well it's not my theory but something i i really agree with i think that it says a lot about somebody's character and what they how they act and how they execute when times are tough and some people are amazing at, at being you know, a beam of positivity and, uh, you know, just warmth and joy when everything is good. But but I'm the kind of person that will gravitate towards a leader who, you know, when times are tough and when your back is against the wall, your grit and your determination and just how you're, you know, basically going to go down swinging and, even in the worst of scenarios, like those are the people I fuck with. And like Jalen Brunson has that kind of, you know, fortitude in spades. So it was absolutely incredible. And it just sometimes it doesn't go your way. Right. So, I mean, just a, a couple of other highlights. Um, you know, Emmanuel quickly had another really strong game, 18 points off the bench, five assists, four rebounds. He was up for this fight too. I mean, Quick is a baller. Like he he relishes this type of game. And, you know, honestly, I think that he probably earned himself some more minutes with these last couple of performances. Uh Quentin Grimes played 30 minutes, which is good to see, especially him coming back from his injury. Had seven points, uh, five assists, five rebounds. So another pretty solid all-round performance. Probably could have made a few more shots, but that's probably just a bit nitpicky at this stage. Um I do have to call out that Mitchell Robinson looks rusty as fuck. Uh, he did finish the game with 12 points and eight rebounds, but that doesn't really tell the story. I think he looked slow, looked gassed, looked completely exhausted even. 
at certain points in the game. And I mean, that's to be expected. NBA conditioning isn't just going to come back immediately when you've missed, what, seven or eight games like he had. But God, it, it at times it looked really, really poor. And, you know, we're a sad boy. The sad boy Sims um, stands here on the Irish Knicks fan podcast. And I honestly think it, it just needs to be said. Uh, Mitch, you are phenomenal when you're in the flow and when you're in the conditioning that you need to be in. But until you are back there, Jericho deserves your starting spot and deserves some of those minutes that you got last last night for sure. Miles um, McBride played 12 minutes again in this uh, in in this game, I'm not a huge fan of his. I I like he has his moments, and um, but I and I like him as a person. He seems like an, a cool guy, but again, I just I think he's just a step below the the standard that we need to be, you know, uh, t- <laughs> to be the kind of competitive team that we need to, that we want to be. Uh, Obi, to be honest, I've seen he's started to fall out of the rotation yet again. He did play 14 minutes, but honestly was getting pulled so often throughout the game that like he wasn't really even given any opportunity to uh, actually establish some rhythm. And like he did have some moments. I mean, his, his stats don't look great. Uh, three points, one assist, two rebounds. But But honestly, he just wasn't being included in a lot of the offensive actions and like defensively, you know, because there was such a focus on um, Jeremy Grant, uh, Mr. 44 points and 30 of those from the free throw line and um, Anthony Simon to actually finish the game also with almost 40 points. Those were the two guys that were, um, you know, on Julius, uh, it was on Julius and RJ to guard. So like Obi just wasn't really part of the action um, and he wasn't really being given an opportunity to do so. We've dropped the let's hashtag let Obi Obi play, should I say, Um, you know, recently. But it's starting to get into red flag territory here where we can see that, you know, Tibbs just has this predetermined idea that like, Obi and Randall just can't play on the court at the same time, which I don't agree with, by the way. Um, but it's just clear that whenever we see Julius have a game where, in this case, he played 39 minutes, I mean, it seems to be if Julius gets the minutes, Obi doesn't. Um, and I just don't understand that because there's times this season, even through... 19 games where Obi has been, you know, the spark plug that we needed and has been able to ha- come up with big moments, like big three-pointers that through the legs dunk in-game to start the season. Like, he just needs more opportunity to show what he's capable of and to be that momentum changer that we know he can be. So, uh yeah, we're reinstating it officially here on the podcast. Hashtag let Obi play. Um, but, you know, just to kind of switch things up a little bit, uh, need to give credit where credit is due. I mean, um, you know, Jeremy Grant looked absolutely immense in this game. Uh, you know, he was up for this fight, as I mentioned a couple of times, 44 points, most of which from the free throw line. But, like, if you've ever played basketball, you know that the level of aggression that you need to have to continuously get to the line and um, just says a lot about his kind of 
you know, his approach to this game and, and that he, he knew, or at least he believed that nobody could really stop him. And sometimes, honestly, watching Knicks games, I, I wish that, that RJ or Randall would, would have the same kind of approach. Whenever I see some of the shots, they both settle for him. Like, just go to the fucking basket. Like, nobody can stop you. Like, you... So, Jeremy Grant, uh, you know, hats off to you for actually showing them what it's, you know, what it really means to attack the rim with, like, a a recklessness all night long. I mean, playing 40 minutes uh, is nuts. Like, that's, like, overtime playoff level, you know, intensity. And, you know, he never let up the entire game. Uh, Anthony Simons, the essentially the person that they they chose was more important to the future of the franchise than CJ McCollum, uh, who is now playing for the Pelicans. He's only 23, even though he's been in the league for what feels like forever. He played almost every game, every minute of this game. Played 47 minutes, 38 points, five assists, four rebounds, and had like truly astonishing moments in terms of his shot making ability and just like his again his ability to pick the moments when he would have the greatest impact in the game and seemed to actually like like in one of those like fairy tales like it seemed to be like the the evil monster that would just grow you know in size as the game continued like he was absolutely immense and I've always been a fan of his from afar and to see him like really kind of stepping into his greatness in this way is it was it was nice to see just wish it ha- didn't happen against us uh final kind of shout out from the Blazers side uh use of Nurkic was absolutely huge inside finished with 20 points seven assists and eight rebounds had a great all-round performance and honestly at times there wasn't much we could do to stop him inside um even with our bruisers that we have on our team so yeah, I mean, this was an incredible game. Uh, two teams that really wanted this game. Uh, they were kind of playing through a lot of the ref bullshit that, like, I hope gets rectified over. Kind of, it does tend to average out over the entirety of the season, uh, where the refs kind of learn to, you know, let there be more contact and you know swallow their whistles. Uh, you know, but this game was just a very stop start and like at times honestly was quite ugly to watch. But I think there's a there's a value in learning how to win ugly games. And you know, we were down by ten uh, with a couple of minutes left in crunch time in the fourth, and we pulled all the way back to even it even it up, and we had a shot, like a big moment where Jalen could have actually won the game on his patented floater. And it just didn't go in. So, you know, and then when the overtime started, um, it does tend to be this way that usually overtime, you can kind of tell within the first two minutes of the additional five minutes that have been added, like which team is going to come out on top. Um, The Blazers made one final push and ultimately uh, we couldn't do enough to, uh, you know, carve out the victory. But it was an incredible game. It was one of those as a fan that is 
absolutely exhilarating when you win, but fucking heartbreaking when you lose. Um, but yeah, just to say that, you know, we've, we got some big reps. We got some, you know, I guess for some of the players that are not so much in the rotation, they got to get some playoff intensity moments to be like that they could be a part of. And I think that this kind of game will, where you, where our absolute limits of our intensity and our overall execution under pressure and when we're ex- like exhausted, these are the kind of reps that will stand to us over the course of the season. And I do think that ultimately we may have lost the battle this time around, but we haven't lost the war because I have a sneaky suspicion that tonight's game against the, the Grizzlies, Jazz is going to be back. <laughs> so it's going to be a tightly contested, very exciting game. But I do think that we're going to take our lessons from this game against the Blazers. Uh, I do think we need to we need to learn how to win ugly in games like this that are going to test us in so many different ways. But as I said, going into tonight's game against the Grizzlies, I think we can take a lot of those lessons and hopefully put them into practice. So uh, when we come back, I'm going to go a little bit more into uh, you know personal uh, inventory um, and then we have our big announcement to close out the pod. So I'll be back shortly. And we're back. So I felt compelled to do a part two of personal inventory because in the last episode, I spent the entire time talking about the importance of being very selective where you put your time, energy and effort and really trying to dissect how much of an impact the wrong people, places, or things um, could have uh, and how much it could impede you on your journey to becoming the person that you're destined to become. But actually, upon a little bit more reflection and uh, some more Googling, (laughs) I realized that the practice of personal inventory is a lot more inwardly focused and that it's much more to do with you taking stock of what makes you you and um, kind of it's much more of a value-based discussion. Like, for example, I'm not a late person. I fucking hate late people. Sorry, come at me. But I feel like it's one of those things in my life that if we'd made a plan to meet there at a certain time and I'm there 10, 15 minutes early and you arrive a half an hour late. And obviously it's not on you that I've been there for 45 minutes because I chose to be early, but it doesn't take a whole lot um, to just kind of make some better decisions in the lead up to the thing that you've agreed to, to just get there on time. It just shows a lack of decency, a lack of respect, and just like kind of shows me that you don't value my time enough to actually just be there on time. So like that would be a huge thing. I could probably do a whole other podcast on that, to be honest, but that's something that just immediately came to mind as well as, you know, I am a very honest person. I think that sometimes, um, I often talk about with, with some friends that, uh, about billions the show and why it's like my favorite show ever is that like your intellect and your ability to articulate and um 
how like words can be used obviously for great things but also as weapons uh i feel like i can be like that sometimes that i can be a little bit too honest um that i can maybe kind of pinpoint a a truth in an argument or in like a heated discussion that maybe that person isn't fully ready to hear and even though my genuine intent is to help or to provide value or to actually in some cases even provide absolution um all i end up doing is like pulling on that thread that kind of makes everything fall apart and all of a sudden the person i'm talking to is in tears or it's kind of gone to a place that like i was not intending with my words um again it's kind of like a weird superpower it's something that i kind of try to keep under wraps because i am a very empathetic person and um, i'm also a very compassionate person um but at the same time like there is a underneath all of that there is a little bit of darkness and i'd say deviousness if i'm if i'm honest uh where i think my understanding of human psychology or just like the kind of person i am and the and how quickly i can get a read on someone that like if i really wanted to be treacherous uh or just fucking mean i i'm pretty good at kind of knowing exactly like where the weak points are in your armor and like can really kind of zone in on specific things that you know let's just say are not exactly in in um you know my my higher self in practice right so luckily um i don't have much of an urge to practice this because i have become as we've talked about in the last episode a lot more selective about the kind of people that i have around me and like i don't feel the need to like you know I, i'm like i can't remember the last time i was like truly backed into a corner and had to fight my way out with my words um i can do it and you you don't you won't like what you hear <laughs> but i'm very grateful that i'm in a much much more supportive and loving and warm and just kind of yeah Ill, aligned uh, set of circumstances where there's just no need for me to tap into that you know uh you know inner darkness warrior <laughs> or whatever um but, but i mean i i guess i just want the point i'm trying to make is that that part of me exists for sure like like i i always i wonder i worry sometimes when i put out these podcasts and i'm talking about self-care and mental health and and positive mindset and all of these like very uplifting high frequency you know light uh inducing and light providing uh practices whatever that you that I don't want you to ever think that I'm sitting there thinking that I don't have my blind spots, that I don't have uh, darker parts of me. I think human nature is to have a mixture of both light and dark. And I think that, um, you know, you kind of owe it to yourself, honestly, to 
while you're trying your best wherever possible to kind of exist in that higher frequency that, you know, the last thing you ever want in your life is to become a doormat either. That like, if necessary, the claws can come out. If necessary, you can look into somebody's soul and say, oh, you want to play? Like, it's sometimes <laughs> it it's it's sometimes necessary to 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 burn the bridge, it's some and to burn the boats and to do whatever, <laughs> insert whatever uh, violent imagery uh, you see fit here. Sometimes it is necessary to do that because sometimes people need to know. Like, you might be a nice person, but you're not to be fucked with, and there's like. Obviously, there's a balance. We we exist in light and darkness. There's a polarity that, you know, and, and I think we're constantly being pulled to either end of that spectrum. And I think that I try my best to exist as, as closely in the middle as I possibly can. But I do think that, like, when I'm taking personal inventory of myself and who makes me, you know, what makes me who I am, I would say that I care about people first and foremost that I that it took me a long time to have as much of an interest in caring about myself as it did those other people that kindness and consideration and truth and compassion are things that are really high on my hierarchy of like values when it comes to the interactions in my life the people in my life and the kind of relationships that I try to nurture and protect within the life that I'm trying to build but I guess I mean this is going in a direction that I wasn't anticipating but one of the things I I am also kind of astutely aware of is that I do have the tendency to be you know somewhat selfish or that I have moments where I do have my blind spots and I can be a little impatient with people or in situations where I feel like I'm being dismissed or my integrity and my character are being challenged or questioned or my level of commitment or just like these there's just certain triggers I guess that kind of awake that darker portion of me that says oh you want to go there okay <laughs> and like even just as I say that like the energy that 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 comes with is something that I like I need to acknowledge that it exists, but obviously it's not something that it's not a space that I want to exist in. You know, it's like just because I know what I that I, like what to say to hurt you the most, or just because I know that I could take a look at almost any situation and use my intellect, my kind of logical reasoning and my overall understanding of various different aspects and nuances of the very thing that we're talking about and like dissect and tear it apart piece by piece if I chose to do that like 
there's nothing there's nothing virtuous about that that that's like a that's like the for all the light and positivity and higher frequencies that i talk about at nauseum at this on this podcast all of those other things are the other person the like the the um the shadow self something that uh like almost like the polar opposite of every single good quality that i may possess like i try to exist in in a world in the knowledge that the opposite of that also exists within myself that i mean i've definitely been in situations where i've said things that have hurt other people um that i've made decisions that ultimately uh i like decisions and and done things that i wish i could take back um you know again i'm not saying that perfection is the goal and that you can never go like you can't go through life having never upset anybody or i mean please if you can find anybody in their life that has zero regrets as to decisions that they've made or actions that they've taken, I'd love to meet them because, um, yeah, I, 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 like, I actually, now I think about it, there are people in my life that maybe I have a tendency or a kind of a, <laughs> a bit of a bad habit, I would say of putting them on a bit of a pedestal and, and like, and thinking like they've never done anything bad like like and i almost feel like a degenerate in their presence being like jesus like when have you ever even raised your voice to me you know um but then you know like we all have our shit and i think that's kind of the point i'm getting at here is like taking a personal inventory isn't just about uh you know patting yourself on the back about like uh how great you are and all of your great qualities but it's about actually being able to take an objective and honest view on the things that you know are feeding that shadow self that you know are not in alignment with the person that you would like to think that you are but that you have to exist like sorry acknowledge their existence like you can't you're never going to establish a sense of true self-awareness if the only thing that you're going to think about is how are like what are all the things that make me great you know or like and conversely if you're living a life where the only thing you can think of is like all the negative things and all of the the darker thoughts and all of the like you know uh, shadow self like kind of the world is out to get me of like or like you know victim mentality or whatever i'm not talking about obviously like deeper darker depressions anything like that but some people just have a negative talk track in their head at all times um you know obviously that can be because of a number of factors i mean that's a much bigger topic for a different episode but i do think that some people just have an innate uh, ability to always look at the negative um, and again, I guess what I'm trying to call myself out for is that I also have a bit of a bad habit of doing the opposite. And it is important 
that we exist, that we kind of acknowledge the existence of both. That by by being able to pinpoint our blind spots and through cultivating more awareness to being able to acknowledge that that little bit of a fuck you that's just under the surface at certain points in your life was actually there to protect you and to keep you sane (laughs) you know sometimes it's worth doing a bit of like a deeper exercise where you actually I don't know again I'm not qualified to um to really kind of unpack this to the level at which it probably deserves but there's like different uh different exercises you can do where you can actually sit in one chair and you know this can be your light self you know your your best self your high frequency self and you can talk to that person directly and ask them questions about you know what are the things that matter most to them and and how do you like to act and how do you like to make people feel and how do you want to exist in the world and like answer those questions to yourself sitting in that chair but then you can also sit in the opposite chair as your shadow self and do the exact same kind of exercise in reverse right so i i think it that's something that you should try to do and um, you know every once in a while just to acknowledge both that both aspects because nobody is ever truly good a hundred percent of the time and just like most people are never truly bad either and that like obviously these are much bigger philosophical questions that we can go into in much much deeper uh you know in much more detail in future episodes if it's something you'd like to kind of hear more of my thoughts on but i just think that i guess what i'm trying to get to with this part two of personal inventory is that yes you can take an objective look at the you know the time energy and effort that like on which areas you're focusing those things on in your life and like what like what can you you know you know remove what can you spend more time on like what deserves more time energy and attention and what deserves less uh, in pursuit of your best self but then sometimes it's also worthwhile doing that exercise where you say okay um for all the things that make me great you know what are the other parts what are the parts i'm afraid to look at maybe what are what are some of the other parts that I'll that come out in my worst moments but that are there for other reasons or or like what are what are the what are the things about myself that I know exist but that I'm afraid to truly take a look at and like how do I objectively try and dissect these things and realize like what purpose did that play at what point in my life you know was it there to protect me was it there to fuel me i mean like i know this is like a weird uh you know avenue for this conversation to go down but like how often does that chip on your shoulder that feeling of being underestimated that anger 
at the world and the injustice that you've felt that you've been served, how how much of that actually fuels some of the biggest successes that you're ever going to have in your life? So there is a time and place where those type of lower frequency emotions, thoughts, and just like, just, yeah, that darkness. There's a time where that darkness does actually fuel you know, self-preservation and success. So how do we exist in the knowledge of both? Or how do we keep both in balance? While obviously, you know, my, this is, this is, I, I guess I'm, I'm bringing these things to the forefront in case nobody's, if, if there's some people that are listening to this podcast, cause we've had a lot, a lot of new listeners and, and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, people with varying levels of understanding of some of these topics. Maybe this is the first time you've ever been kind of, you first time you've ever even heard the, the concept of a shadow self and the role that it can play in your life. But you wouldn't be doing a, I guess the final point is you wouldn't be doing a real, true p- personal inventory if you didn't also acknowledge the existence of that shadow self. And that if it was just an exercise in how great you are and everything that you hope to achieve and it's all in in the sitting in the light, then you're like that's 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 borderline like egotistical and and even some would say like like kind of has some narcissism tied to it as well because if you believe that you're impenetrable or that you you know that you are that 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 darkness doesn't exist, then you're missing the point. Um, so yeah, <laughs> hopefully that makes sense uh, and has provided some value. Um, I'm going to take one more break and then we're going to make a big announcement to end the pod. So I'll be back in a second. And we're back. So to close out the episode on a much higher note, I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, we're a month into this journey. Uh, we've also we've already had 1,500 downloads. Uh, and I know it doesn't sound like much, but it's a lot more than I was expecting at this point. Um, we've definitely found a tribe of people that are crazy Knicks fans who love beer and you know business systems and personal development and whatever tone and approach that we've taken to this to date seems to be resonating in a way that I was not expecting. Um, you know, the amount of sincere, genuine feedback I've received and to see that like every single morning I wake up and, you know, the growth is just accelerating has kind of been like, it's, it's humbling and has like blown me away, honestly. Um, you know, this really is going to rest on my ability to get more and more comfortable with sharing more and bigger parts of myself. Um, and also just to continue to improve in terms of, you know, overall delivery and articulation of not only Nick's related topics, but everything to do with craft beer and all of the personal development and mindset stuff that I like to share on this podcast. You know, I'm still so early in this and there's times where it's been very frustrating, times where I've had to re-record segments multiple times and and just hated it and like even with the finished episodes 
Um, as soon as I hit publish, I'm immediately like, I still have that imposter syndrome that says like, why is anybody going to care about this? Um, but thank you for proving me wrong. Um, and also, I think this is a really good lesson in just taking action um, because, you know, a month ago this didn't exist and look at what we've been able to accomplish already. Um, and on that note, I wanted to share the big announcement that the Irish Knicks fan podcast is going to New York. So for most of you that know me well, you know how special of a place in my heart that New York has, that it really is my favorite place on earth, that there's an, an energy that exists, a beating heart, an abundance frequency that is unique to New York City. Um, I just, I can't fully articulate how it makes me feel like, like I know that I know that it's really become a rite of passage at this stage that if, you know, if it's been a few months since I've last been there, that, you know, that the, the empire state building herself, like literally starts calling to me and says, no, it's time for you to book another trip. So, um, pulled some strings on my end here and I've carved out three weeks where from the seventh until the 28th, where I can totally focus on full NYC inversion. Uh, there is a big audio event, IAS, happening around the Valentine's weekend that will, the Irish Knicks fan team will be there in full force uh, and will take over. <laughs> and then um, there's also some big Knicks games, one against the Brooklyn Nets, our, you know, obviously our biggest rivals. And then um, the Boston Celtics, too, are playing in the Mecca right before I go home. So I'll be going to both of those games live. Um, so, But don't worry. I know we've got Christmas coming up. And between Christmas and this trip, you might think that the posting schedule might slow down. In fact, it's the opposite. Um, there are a shit ton of games coming up. Uh, we do play the Grizzlies tonight, which you'll be getting a, a reaction pod to the following day and then you know i think between the 30th of november and the 15th of december we have like eight or nine games so if anything things are going to accelerate from this point so i just wanted to take this moment before the madness to to thank you from the bottom of my heart and um, you know the irish six fan podcast wouldn't be what what, what it is and it wouldn't be going where it looks like it's going if it wasn't for you OG listeners uh, that are, you know, here for all the early bumps in the road. Um, full disclosure, I've probably re-recorded re this final segment about 27 times and um, I, <laughs> I almost like instantly regret sharing that and want to re-record it at 28th. But you're here from the very beginning because you fuck with me. Um, you're probably a crazy Knicks fan or uh, you just are invested in how I articulate the things that we cover on this podcast in a way that kind of keeps you coming back. But in whichever camp that you fall into, um, I love, adore and appreciate every single one of you. Um, it means so much to me because every day this is a practice in vulnerability for me. Um, you know, putting something out like this that's so deeply personal. Uh, even today, talking about the shadow self and the corners, the dark corners of ourselves that we wish didn't exist. I mean, that was definitely not part of the plan. Uh, but 
I felt compelled to share it in the context of what we were covering today. Um, but yeah, yeah. In <laughs> ultimately, just wanted to say thank you. It means so much to me. Uh, we're only getting started. <laughs> it's going to be so crazy to look back on some of these early episodes and see how far we've come. Um, but I'm already feeling that way a month in. So uh, with that said, guys, um, that is uh, this episode. Um, let's hope we go into, uh, we go, we take it to the Grizzlies. I think that we're playing them at home. So let's hope that we go to the Mecca with the right kind of urgency um, and the right kind of energy. And uh, the next episode is talking about how much we've gone in and just absolutely kicked the shit out of them. <laughs> Uh, or not either way um thank you for getting on this roller coaster with me uh, it means the world and until next time let's go nicks <laughs> <laughs>